0: What else you gonna do on a Saturday? Sit in your fucking armchair wanking off to pop idols, then try and avoid your wife's gaze as you struggle to come to terms with your sexless marriage, then go and spunk your wages on kebabs, fruit machines, and brasses. Fuck that for a laugh. I know what I'd rather do. My way.
1: Love it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on a disappointing day in Airdrie, Rhys Aldane. Rhys, how are you? I'm alright,
2: Matt. Like you say, it was a disappointing day at the weekend, but what can you do? You just need to brush yourself down and, and keep on going. It's still early doors in the season, so aye, we
1: move, as they say. <laughs> Heather Holloway's here. Heather, how are you doing?
3: Yeah good thank you Matt I'm honoured to be on another platform after I actually said we move on BBC Scotland so thank I'm glad I'm glad Rhys caught that I mean looking forward to speaking as usual and hopefully find a solution and help Dylan out on on how we're going to get three points and actually I mean it's actually the cup night on Saturday on Sunday isn't it so actually no no points just just uh, getting through.
1: You did very well on BBC Scotland, Heather. I hope your head's not been turned. We can, we can sort out a new contract when we're done for you, so your head's not been turned. Uh, Jamie McDonald rounds off our panel this week. Jamie, how are things for you down at Greenock? I don't think we've spoken since you signed for Morton.
4: You know what? The pattern's gotten worse than the fact that I've signed for Morton now, so I hate it even more. So, I, yeah, I'm I'm not too bad in a couple of days since the fantastic away day that was aired. Really. Very disappointing result, obviously, but... I agree.
1: Yeah, it's, it's good that you've managed to watch the game considering you were playing on Saturday as well so so thanks for doing that Jamie and I'll start with you as well we'll start as we usually do with a look at the starting 11 there was just one change as James Lyon came in for the injured Kerr McEnroy Jamie, how big a blow was was losing McEnroy after an impressive debut the previous week? Yeah, I thought it was a, a
4: very big loss out of the, I'd said thanks to you guys in the chat out of the midfield free that started the opening day one that I probably worked to lose the least was McEnroy. So, him being out wasn't ideal. Obviously, Lyon had a good run in the cup, he scored two goals, and him coming back in, I, I thought it would have been Stanway, to be honest, because I thought it would be quite a physical game. and He obviously played more on Airdrie, so I thought Dylan maybe would have gone to him, but he turned to Lyon, and him getting another goal in the game is great for his confidence. I don't think it was his best game per se, I don't think he was up to a huge amount. On the ball but he did grab a goal which is um, pleased for him and yeah he's obviously definitely staking him a claim this season to be getting more game time free goals is not to be left at at all and McEnroy, i or McEnroy, i hope he is back for hearts and definitely for queens park in the league got a physical pull uses his body well i think we could have really used him on saturday we didn't really test keep him much at all and he's someone who isn't afraid to take a shot on so yeah he, he was a mess and hopefully he is back
1: Heather, were you happy that it was James Lyon in for McEnroe? I know James Lyon got a goal. It was thought maybe Stanway might come in because he, he was familiar with Airdrie and he's a bit more defensive-minded. But were you happy that that Lyon was the replacement for McEnroe and not maybe Stanway or, or Blair Alston?
3: <laughs> Blair Alston. I'm, I'm sure we're going to come on to him later. I actually was... I was quite disappointed. I mean, I thought, obviously, he got the goal and, um, and he did well. And I think it's great to see us using the young players but I did think that I thought if we were going to put someone on it would have been Ben Stanley because the way he just shows quite a lot of grit and as much as um, James Lyon is uh, is prolific going forward and is and has been successful there I think that we need to be looking for someone to join Banigan in the um you know not the pretty football but just doing some of the the kind of the boring jobs and sweeping up and supporting the defence. And I do think that we lack that. And I know people have talked on um online quite a lot about maybe missing Doherty. And I do think that Stanway would have been the more natural um swap for that. Uh, but as I say, it was good to have one of the younger players on and he certainly, you know, he's is he's a, is he a top goal scorer this year so far, or at least joint. So that's a I mean it's quite quite good going. But I did think, and, you know, you saw, I feel like Stanley would have been quite up for it. He, we saw against um, Kelty, he liked to, like, just get in amongst it and start shoving people. And I feel like he could have done that against especially people, like, guys that he played against, like played with last year. I feel like he's that kind of guy that will just be up for anything. So maybe in the near future, he'll, he'll get his chance. But I actually, I have to say, on hindsight, I'm extremely glad it wasn't Blair Alston because I thought, um... I just really was not impressed by him at all.
1: Yeah, we'll speak about the midfield in a bit of detail later because I think that's a, an interesting area of the team at the moment. It's maybe not clicking just as it was towards the tail end of last season, but we'll start with us a general chat about the performance. Now, come to you, Rhys. Why do you think we were so off the pace? I know we both predicted defeats, but I think we were both a bit surprised at, at how far off the pace we were because really we were quite lucky to get out of Erdo with just a 2-1 defeat on Saturday. Yeah, it was, it was really poor. It
2: was just slow, lacklustre, no urgency. The, the full performance was just really bad. And normally when folk will ask me about oh, how we're the day or what about your team at the weekend, that type of thing. Normally, watching Fissel, you're always like, oh, we're unlucky, we, we didn't capitalise on our chances, we missed a few setters when we were on top. There, there could be none of that said for the weekend because it was just... It was just pish, it was absolutely pish, there was nothing, genuinely nothing in that game at all and I don't think, sometimes you can hold your hands up and say you know what Erdogan does but I don't think they necessarily did, I just think that they had more of a control on the game, they didn't have too many chances themselves either but they just kind of controlled the tempo of the game, they were passing it around the back a lot and they, they kept a hold of the ball which credit to them, and that's obviously what they set out to do and it, it frustrated us and I know from watching the game myself from the crowd, like it was frustrating the life out out, out of our support as well so you can only imagine that the players felt the same way because it was, I wouldn't even say they were playing it nice playing football or like there was one touch passing moving but they were just, they were good at what they were done it was effective Um, and I thought they would have actually struggled a wee bit when when Rhys McCabe went off injured obviously being a manager probably the most technical player in their team but that they they carried off, they actually picked up a wee bit when he went off and and we fell out of the game at that point because there was a wee period just before half time where if we got a second goal you might have thought that we went, we could have went on and, and held on this time, but it wasn't to be. And obviously, it was just poor. The, the goals that we concede again, like, like I said last week, it's absolutely every single week we concede a deflected shot. Now, I, d- I did predict a two-one loss with Wasiri Williams scoring an own goal. I don't know if you want to claim it as an own goal, but the ball definitely ends up in the back of the net off of Wasiri's foot. So, again, another daft deflection, another comical goal that just. As soon as that goes in, you just know what's coming next. This the second goal, Craig Watson, I think his name has the has a freedom of Erdre to run down the line, cross the ball in, unmarked at the back post. Just such poor defending. I think watching that goal back, we're just crying out for a guy like Charlie Mulgrew just to be standing in the box to clear things that away. I don't know. I just think there's I don't I can't put my finger on it if it was an off day or if that's something more deep rooted and it's something we should be worrying about. But I think it was a really bad performance and definitely, in my opinion, it's the worst that I've seen us under Crystal. And but fingers crossed, it's just a, a bad day all round. And and I like I say, I think Erdry might have a, a couple of performances like that this season where they'll frustrate the life out of teams and and they'll grind out results. And ultimately, it was disappointing to to lose a game like that. To Erdry was sort of the the sort of build up that was coming with it. But I did I did expect that performance from Erdry. I did expect him to go and beat us. Um, albeit I would have liked to see a better shown from us but it wasn't to be so aye, tough one to take
1: Yeah I think Charlie Mulgrew might be a name that comes up a bit later on when we talk about if any more signings are required but before we go on to that Jamie I'll come to you, what was your take on the, the performance and why we were so disappointing on Saturday?
4: Pretty similar to what's already been said thought we were largely atrocious in the second half, For the first half we weren't great Airdrie had that shot which I've Watched it back, it looked like it was over the line to me. Um, it's kind of hard to tell on the camera sometimes, but it does look like it's over the line. Then they missed that cross as well. They missed a few big, big chances. I can only really remember us having a couple of chances in the first half. Obviously, the goal by Graham's headed from a corner, and I think there was like a shot or a cross which Graham like flicked on, which was safe as well. But yeah, we really were not at it on Saturday at all. But we were in real lack of urgency, especially after going behind and we just didn't create enough at all. Really, really struggling to remember any chances we had in the second half. Just a very, very frustrating game. Really poor watch. Really didn't turn up at all. Can't really begrudge Erdry winning that game, to be honest. I'm sure we'll get on to it, but the thing that baffled me a little bit was the substitutions on Saturday were really, really strange. You know, we'd, we'd go behind and we bring on a centre-back to sit in front of the defence, which was a strange substitution I thought at the time. And then, especially after conceding the second it was, the game was crying out to bring on Adeloy and Wes McDonald and then straight away I thought but then Dylan waits like another 10 minutes to make the sub and they don't have a huge amount of time to impact the game and I thought we really didn't get the ball I wanted to see Wes McDonald you know run at defences but I thought we didn't get the ball to him much and just kind of resorted to just long ball and I don't even know what the shape was at the end of like with CD Williams was bombing up the side and Nielsen was playing in midfield, and I really don't, you know, Bannigan looked like he was almost playing the number 10 at the end, so I really don't know what the shape was at the end. Uh, that was a bit concerning for me, because I think that's two weeks running that Doolan's made the wrong changes, and yeah, I, I hate criticising them, but it's just frustrating.
1: Well, have a chat about the subs then, Jamie, because I, I don't really think the subs were the problem on, on Saturday. I think it's quite harsh to blame the subs when it was never, we never really had anything going. It wasn't like Dylan spoiled anything with his subs or Cost is the game, in my opinion, with the sub. So, you've mentioned that you didn't think Nielsen was the right call to bring on. What would you have done? Because I think Williamson was was injured, that's why he had to go off. What would you have done at that point, just after the uh, ARG equaliser? I think that the sub
4: to make there, I mean, it's easy for me to say, but I'd probably brought on Stanway for Williamson at that point. Because I think Williamson going off really did not help the midfield. It's two weeks running as well. I think Williamson's gone off, and the midfield almost falling apart. Obviously losing McEnroy means we've lost an option in midfield, but I think Stanway was probably the choice to make there instead of changing to that strange shape. And I would have brought on, as I said earlier, McDonald and Adeloy a lot earlier. I'm not saying Doolan outright cost us a game with the subs, but I think he definitely made errors with the subs and we could have potentially gone back into it and scraped away for a draw. I think if Adloy and McDonald and brought on earlier, but I guess we won't know.
1: Yeah, I think the, the change in midfield I think needed to happen anyway because I think Ergy were well grown into the game and it looked as though the change was gonna happen before Airdrie equalised. The timing of that goal was unfortunate in relation to when Dillon wanted to make the sub. I probably do agree with you that Adeloy and McDonald could have been brought on ten minutes earlier. But again, I don't I don't think they had such a, an amazing impact when they did come on that you could you could really argue that we would have got an equaliser. Um, Heather, I'll bring you in on the substitutions. Do you have any any complaints? I suppose the one uh, I think you're going to say I would probably agree with that maybe we should have seen Ben Stanway over Blair Elston, which I would agree with you for a second. We can have bit any more complaints from you?
3: I think there was a lack of understanding of how our press was working. Less than the the subs, but the, the, the press just seemed wrong. It seemed that Brian Graham was having to cover about three players and there seemed to constantly be a gap. And I assume when the subs came on that that would maybe be plugged, but it it really it it really wasn't and for me as i'm an extremely amateur hockey coach for me to be able to spot that on the sidelines i thought maybe like that would have been something that people should have been picking up and something that we needed to fix but yeah i i mean i've ranted and raved a little bit about this i thought i just didn't think that Bla- i mean blair Alston tackles people on the wrong side with, like he doesn't tackle on ball side, he tackles the other way, and that just seems ridiculous when you've got someone like Stanway, who has come on and proved himself looks energetic and ready and I still think that Olsen just looks off the pace that's not to say that maybe in a few weeks a month's time you know when he's fully in the team and sorted that he'll come on and make an impact you know I'm I'm not saying never play him again but I just think when you've got someone like Stanway waiting and ready on the bench it just seemed like a strange decision also I agree with Jamie in the sense of I think Nielsen was obviously brought on to guard the back, essentially, but he just didn't look extremely confident and often just found himself kind of sitting in no man's land. I think, you know, it was quite late to bring on Wes and and I think, but also I think a lot of the, the fans were expecting greatness immediately or like something to change immediately and I just don't think that happened and it was quite, it was quite a frustrating afternoon and that second half just really wasn't, that really wasn't enjoyable at all.
1: Yeah, I think also maybe the thinking with bringing Nielsen on, I think Erdogan were getting a little bit of joy with set pieces and we weren't having much joy at all with the set pieces. So it was maybe just a bit of physicality and in that regard, which is why he got the nod over, say, Stanway in midfield. I do agree with you, Heather, about the press. And I think that's why maybe I'm willing to give this one game a pass because, as you, I think Rhys said, it's the worst performance under Duel, and I think it is by quite some way. It was very uncharacteristic. We weren't pressing well. When we had the ball... We weren't really moving into space. I think that's why I saw Bannigan getting a bit of criticism online and I don't really agree with that because when he was having the ball, there was no movement in front of him and that's why he had to go back to Williams and Muirhead and I don't think either of them are particularly great distributors of the ball from centre-back, I thought. Williams actually was fine defensively but when he was on the ball, he looked a bit uncomfortable. I saw Williamson encourage him encouraging them to drive forward, and Williams looked a little bit reluctant to do that, but there wasn't really much going on in front of Williams or Muirhead when they had the ball, and from that regard we are normally really good at at the sort of one two-touch passing, plenty of movement, overlaps out wide, um, like Lawless and Fitzpatrick getting into really good positions, and none of that was really happening on Saturday, so I'm, I'm definitely hoping, we're all hoping that that was just an off day, and I'm willing to give it a pass for now, but if we see a repeat of that performance in the near future, then I think that's when alarm bells might start ringing. Reese, you've already mentioned Charlie Mulgrew. I expect he's going to be your number one answer to this question. But do you think any more signings are required? And if so, in what positions? Yeah, I do. I, I think we just need a bit of experience, which is why I can almost understand
2: why Dylan brought on Blair Alston in that situation. Because you're you're looking at the, the middle of the park, obviously, you've already got James Lyon on. Now, if, if Kerr McEnroy was playing, um, and Ben Williamson went down injured and Bannigan was the midfield three. then I thought I think he would have brought on Stanway but I don't think he was what to play Stanway and Lyon in the middle at the same time I, I don't know that's just my thinking behind it I can see why he's brought on Alston but I was willing to give Alston a chance I was like you know what he didn't have that much he, he didn't really touch the ball last week against Rafe he wasn't really involved he didn't have that much time on the park but he had plenty of time at the weekend There, I think he was on the park for about 40 minutes 35 40 minutes. I can genuinely remember him having what one touch of the ball that one where he, 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 he was on the park for about a minute at the time. Took that ball and he was kind of one on one and his shot went wide. So that was that was nice for a play. And that was a nice move. And it was unlucky not to to get his shot on target. But apart from that, absolutely nothing. Didn't bring anything, didn't do anything defensively, didn't do anything attack wise. It was just it was just really poor from him. And, and almost it's, it's been a really bad start to his fiscal career. And I think. He's 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 proven to be a bit of a scapegoat already, and I can't really blame people for for taking that view of him. But I I definitely think we do need some experience because even that game there against Erdre, they they had the young young midfield player playing Dean McMaster, um, and they brought on Murray Aiken and midfield who are both about eighteen year old. So like. He obviously doesn't trust a midfield of Lyon and Stanway together and that. If you're not trusting him, I think we do need an older head in the midfield just to sort of shore things up. A Sean Byrne would have been perfect. If we were able to get him, then that would have been would have been ideal. But obviously he's went to Rafe now. Um, so I, I really do hope we'll send Charlie McGrew. But part of me seems to think that that ship sailed. I mean, he was training with us for a couple of weeks and he's, he's been a free agent now for... For a a week or two now So I don't know what's happening I don't know if he's going elsewhere I don't know what's going on I think we just need a a bit of an older head Because I was looking at the team Obviously it came on the weekend Like you said Nielsen was kind of I don't think he was bad But he was running about like A bit of a headless chicken Obviously we see he was down down the line Trying to cross balls in and stuff It was just a bit of a mess It ended up and I just thought we lacked that leadership That obviously we'd we'd carried The last couple of years With Doc, Holt and stuff And I don't expect us to be, be able To replace them With like for like But just a bit more of a a bit of a leadership on the park would have been would have been ideal for that game. But
1: um, yeah, hopefully we've got something up our
2: sleeve and, and we can redeem ourselves.
1: I definitely think we need another centre-back and I think an experienced one would be good. Whether or not that's Charlie Mulgrew, I think remains to be seen. If, if he has the option that's available, I, I would be happy with that. I know some fans wouldn't be, but I think uh, we're in a situation where we've only got three centre-backs, Muirhead, Williams and, and Nielsen. I'd like Muirhead had his greatest game at the weekend. I think he was probably mostly at fault for Airdrie's second goal. I think I maybe disagree with you, Reese, about bringing another midfielder in. I look at the midfielders we've got on paper, and we've got six midfielders Bannigan, um, Williamson, McEnroy, Alston, Lyon, and Stanway. And I think on paper that's pretty decent. I know the jury's still out pretty massively over Alston, maybe Williamson to an extent as well. Stanway and Lyon are still young, but I think what we need to do in the midfield and I don't know the exact answer to this Just maybe just tweak the shape I think dylan has been pretty rigid with the 4-2-3-1 which worked really well at the tail end of last season with Bannigan and Doc sitting with Turner in the 10 and then Turner sat a bit deeper when Bannigan getting injured and Tiffany Lawless and Fitzpatrick sort of rotating the 10 I think the characteristics of the midfielders we've got this season are different nobody's really a like-for-like replacement to Doc I think the closest we've got to that is Stanway. so if Dylan wants to persist with the 4-2-3-1, which I think would be absolutely fine if he plays Stanway, because when we saw that at Tannadice, that was probably the most solid we've looked in midfield. But when, we, when we're when we not playing Stanway, when the midfields maybe be Bannigan, Williamson and McEnroy, which I'm guessing will probably be the first choice, I think we'd need to tweak the shape in there a little bit, because Bannigan can still do the Bannigan role from last season. But you look at McEnroy and Williamson, and neither of them are, are Ross Dockery, neither of them are Kyle Turner really either. So I think we need to maybe tweak the shape in the midfield rather than sign an addition, additional midfielder because I think the, the players we've got do have the potential to be to be good players. So I don't know if that's playing Bannigan a little bit deeper and freeing McEnroy and Williams up. I don't know if it's. I don't think sitting Bannigan with Williamson is the answer because I think Williamson's natural instinct is to get forward, drive forward with the ball. I don't know exactly what the answer is, but maybe I just drop Bannigan a little bit deeper. But I think there needs to be a little tweak in the shape in the midfield if if we persist. But I wouldn't be desperate for another midfielder. I would be desperate for another centre-back, though. Heather, I've rambled there. Do you want to come in on, on where we need to strengthen?
3: Well, no, I just wanted to talk about the fact that I just feel that Muirhead and Wasiri on Saturday really struggled with carrying the ball forwards. And you could see that um I think it was was it Will, Ben Williamson who was really trying to encourage Waz to go forwards. I think he really lacked confidence or maybe just hasn't practiced it himself just because maybe he's been in teams before where his only job was to head the ball and clear, you know, pass out wide where he's come now into a team where the, you know, the ball's more at his feet and he's been expected to play. But I do think that I agree with Reese in the sense of we need, we potentially need someone who is confident with their feet, and I guess Mulgrew would be that. I just think that Muirhead over the last few years has often been part of a quite a strong pairing. I mean, he is obviously a natural leader, but he maybe hasn't been like the one that's been depended on as much. You know, obviously like with Kevin Holt and him, it was that was quite a strong pairing. But Kevin Holt could kind of drive forward and and do the fancy stuff. And your head job was just to head the ball. Where I feel is now, it's quite a big responsibility on him and potentially lacking a little bit of support there.
1: No, I think that's a really fair take. I think Williams actually looks okay on the ball. I think his problem at the moment is confidence. I don't know if it's maybe he's playing on the left side as a right footer and Dylan's not wanted to move your head over. Um, I think, I, I hope Williams improves when he gets a little bit of confidence because you heard from fans of, of his previous clubs that he did improve. Game by game.
0: Jamie,
4: do you want to come in? Uh, yeah, one thing I was thinking as well, I was thinking of this the other day, I, I don't know if can say it's just like uh, what we were saying earlier, the Airdrie game may just be like, give it a pass, it just be one game. But realistically, we've played what, six games now this season competitively, and I think we've only played two, three, a push good halves of football, which I'd say was the second half at Tannadice and the first half at home against Ray. Maybe part of the first half of as so you can say, was good as well. But largely, I think we've been pretty ineffective so far this season. Peterhead, we were pretty poor. Falkirk at home, maybe decent in spells, but not great. Spartans' home was an awful game of football. Second half against Rafe was poor, and then the full night against Erdrich was poor. So I don't think it's something new that we've been struggling in areas this season. I don't think we've looked fantastic. We haven't had a good night yet, anyway. We've not played well for 90 minutes yet this season. And that is something that is concerning me a bit. And I do agree that I think John Mulgrew would be a very good signing. I hope we bring him in. Dylan was saying in the Jags on interview, there's only one signing really left. He was like, something we've been working on. He was kind of hinting at it, but didn't say so. I'm assuming that is Mulgrew. If not, I don't know who it is. But yeah, and I agree about the thing of his 10.5 pairing as well. I was saying that in the chat the other day, we do miss someone that can take the ball confidently forward, get involved in the play. And that is Kevin Holt, basically, you're describing there. He's been a huge loss. And Another thing, to be negative as well, I think our corner delivery this season has been pretty pathetic, to be honest. It's always hitting the first man or going over everybody's head and we even sent Airdre away in the counter-attack for corner. Yeah, it's, it's, that's really annoying because corner set-pieces are such a vital way
1: to score, and we're just not doing that. You're definitely right about the set-pieces, Jamie. <laughs> we def- definitely miss Kyle Turner. That needs a bit of work on the training ground. I think what you said about not having a good 90 minutes yet is interesting, and I do agree with you, but we As you said, we did look good in the first half against Wraith. I'd say we looked good really until Jack McMillan went off. I think it's important to remember, and this is also partly our fault as well, but we are still adding to the squad. So I think hearts away, cliche, but it's a free hit unless we get beaten Badly. I don't think I'd be too concerned. I think Queen's Park in a couple of weeks at Furhill is going to be a real a real test. If we play badly in that, if we, if we lose in that, I think that's maybe going to be a cause for concern. But I think by then the squad will have had a few weeks together and I think that will be the game where we can really properly measure where we're at and where Doolan's got a squad at and where the squad have sort of bought into Doolan's ideas. I think that will be the, the measure. I'm going to ask you a question then that I've seen sort of chatted about a little bit online. Reece, I'll start with you on this one. And um, just has been a little bit of a chat about do we need to bring an experienced assistant manager into assist doan. I know we had a little bit of chat. Um, myself and Jamie maybe disagreed to an extent about how much Doom was to blame with his subs on on Saturday there. But do you think he needs somebody a bit more experienced in the dugout to help him? Not necessarily. I do think that of
2: course that would it would help if he had someone there, but. It's all about contacts, you don't want him to just go out and bring in an old head who's going to try and like overrule him that he doesn't know, he has no prior work experience with the guy. But obviously Paul McDonald's there and, and I think it's, he's taking the job on a full-time basis now, or it's, it's, to, it's soon to be announced that he will take it on a full-time basis. But. It worked towards the end of last season um, and they they seemed to have a good thing going. It looked like everything was working well and by all accounts it it has been and and it continues to. So obviously there was rumours earlier on the season that it was going to go and there was talk that Joe Cardo was maybe going to come in and that's going in the opposite direction again. You know, another young coach who was going to come in and it would have formed a sort of young management team but it looks like we're staying away from from bringing anyone new in and I think that Paul McDonough is just going to keep it but it's it's food for thought. It, It definitely... It's an avenue that, that would have been interesting to go down if Ireland went in and, and taken, taking maybe I don't know who's out there like there's there's the old shouts of people say you could go for a dinosaur. I'm sure plenty of Thistle supporters out there wouldn't have minded someone like Jim Duffy coming in and, and being a number two with doing prior Thistle knowledge and all that. But I, I don't I don't actually mind the shout of just Paul McDonald carrying on and, and doing things because it, it was going well, it was going well last season. We all know how close things were. So. Fingers crossed we can we can carry on where we left off last season.
1: I agree with you, Reese. I think it's all about what Chris Dulan wants and if, if Chris is comfortable and I think we've just gotta gotta ride with that and definitely until things get a bit worse. I don't think there's any cause for mass panic yet. where we're imposing assistant managers on him. But if, if he wants one, then go for it. But if he doesn't and he's happy with the setup, I think that's absolutely fine as well. Now, here's Vinnie Ferguson and Tom Hosey to give you the lowdown on the Thistle Women's emphatic 4 0 win over Dundee United.
5: Hi, it's Vinny here at a sunny Petershill Park Tom, that was a, an enjoyable afternoon A 4-0 win for Thistle,
6: first game of the season Yeah, we're not going to complain about a 4-0 win We've got one or two things we could probably complain about <laughs> And we will complain about But that no, was an excellent start to the season
5: Yeah, and just just about four minutes on the clock When uh, when, when we scored the first goal Cara Henderson being opportunistic But um, probably the top point of the first half Even though we scored a second it's the red card for Claire Doherty. What did you make of that, Tom?
6: Um, Incredulous. <laughs> f <Effing> incredulous. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think she committed the foul because I thought she was getting away with it at first. And then I actually thought the referee was booking her for the foul. Yeah. Which I thought, that's very harsh and I just couldn't believe it when the red card came out. Yeah. So it's transpired that she's i like to swear and draw a I yeah.
5: see for no David and David will uh bleep it out, oh, I'm fuck sure. i won't we'll
6: just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but like she said, for fuck's sake, ref.
5: Yeah, and that's enough, enough to get a red card. That's enough.
6: I think if she just said for fuck's sake, she would not have been sent off. But I think as you said, if you're going to get a red card for that, we're going to have no players <laughs> at the end of most games. Yeah, uh, particularly Claire Dock, I'm sure she won't make me see. She won't
5: play many games a season If that's the standard <laughs> Yeah
6: I mean it was just a bit of frustration It what she wasn't
5: exactly No and it, and it wasn't in the referee's face She's a good 20 yards away from the ref And, 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 and shouted it Do you know it's not And not and Kind of with her back to him as well
6: Like it wasn't It wasn't directed at him I would feel No no I think referees have to deploy A degree of common sense And to me it wasn't Foul and abusive language It was just Frustration that she'd been pulled up for a. For a free kick. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 I, I agree with
5: you. However, we won't let that uh, dampen, dampen the mood at all because it was a 4 0 win. And uh, you know, when you're given a number 9 shot, that's a big responsibility, especially when Brian Graham's your manager. However, Cara Hendo Henderson Stepping up with a hat trick today
6: Well she you can teach Brian a thing or two About taking penalties I suppose <laughs> I can say that Safe from the knowledge That Brian's about 100 yards away At the moment <laughs>
5: uh, Yeah let's just hope He doesn't listen to that um, Yes obviously One of them was You know A striker's finish You know being there And thereabouts yes. uh, When there was a bit Of a scramble in the box The other two Very very confident penalties a, a wee bit on the penalties As well I think You know speaking to Some of the Glasgow City staff Who are about as well They maybe suspected a little bit of that um what, rougher action from Dundee United this season and we certainly saw it
6: today. Um, that the, the penalties in particular they were brutal fouls. Well the fact that Imogen couldn't continue after she'd been she'd been fouled. you just went the kick to the death the... Goalkeeper seen the red card for that. Oh yeah, I know. There's the whole sort of double jeopardy
5: side of it, but yeah. attempts to play the ball,
6: not a lot there, was there Clearing
5: that out completely. Yeah, and then uh, Emma Lawton, I think it was, was fouled for the second, but again, just like thundered off the ball, <laughs> like it was. She she was well in control, and uh, yeah. the Dundee United player wasn't, in my opinion. You know, if she had been through and goal rather than more at the side of the box, that's probably a red.
6: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think. You, you do wonder had it been eleven v eleven for the full ninety minutes what the score could have been today, because I think we were streets ahead of them. We were streets ahead, and I was really, really pleased. You know, with,
5: um, with Dundee United through and goal, and pretty much the last minute, um, Megan makes a really comfortable save. I yeah. was, I think, um, the, the clean sheet will be as pleasing as the four goals.
6: Yeah, can't remember last season when we beat Glasgow Women eight one, and Megan lost the goal just right at the finish, and she was raging so clean sheets are obviously very important to have them to the to the defence so it's good to get that plus I think what they're sending off it wasn't intended but allowed Jenna Ferguson to come off the bench yeah. and I thought she looks such a class at the back there and you know you don't want
5: to speak too soon and pile too much pressure on but you know
6: she, she is a Rangers player as
5: yeah. you know even from that performance, you're looking at that thinking, are we seeing a future Scotland star? Like, she looked so, so comfortable on the ball,
6: yep. and she's what, 17? 17, then she, her performance belied her, her age, I mean, it was a very mature performance. Slotting in, in unfortunate circumstances, when she hasn't been at the club for that long, I thought it was, she was exceptional. Yeah, and to, to be subbed on as a centre-back is difficult
5: anyway But like you said, there was a change of shape and everything to go along with it But very assured on the ball yep. There were times where I wondered if she should have taken a touch And yeah, she proved me wrong because her second and third touches were, were, were superb And she played the ball brilliantly out of defence So yeah, Gen- Jenna Ferguson, really impressed today Out of the new signings, Tom, who else stood out for you?
6: I thought Lucy Sinclair was very good in the first yeah, half. Very composed. Um, and a very good finish from Rosie McQuillan for the for the second one. She's going to be a really good option for us to have as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, last season there were times when we
5: didn't have that many players on the bench on match day. You know, there were you know other work commitments and whatnot, but there were injuries and su- suspensions. I'm not sure we'll have that same issue this year. There seems to be real
6: depth in this team now. Oh, there's not a single bench warmer. There's not a player who can't justifiably... Make a claim to me. I should be starting every week. It's going to give Brian a headache as the season goes on. But yeah, it indicates there's strength and depth now. We spoke at the end of last season
5: about that front three of Donaldson, Henderson, and Abby Ferguson. <laughs> there's a real rotation going on there. You know, Barry Monroe came on for the, the the last bit of the game, and you know, Cara Henderson just went out wide. I yep. mean, this must be terrifying for defenses when you see. You know, we don't have Rachel Donaldson back yet. Lindsay Taylor wasn't playing today. She was she was injured. Megan Robb came on. Barry Monroe. <laughs> Rosie McQuillan and Cara Henderson is, is uh, quite frightening Must be a
6: daunting prospect for teams looking at our squad this year Yeah, I think that score puts down a, a marker as well to a lot of sides Especially when they, they, they then realise that we were 10 players for 70 minutes But cantered to a 4-0 win yep. We were really in complete control There's At no point did you Or maybe in the immediate aftermath of the red card you wondered what might happen But apart from that you. Never really in doubt Yeah I agree with you I think Dundee
5: United Maybe smelled a little bit of blood Just after the red card But they, they, they were fairly toothless Nothing really came
6: to fruition for them um, I think it's going to be A tough season for them I think it's going to be A long hard season for them Without wanting to be get Too far ahead of ourselves I don't think it's the end of the table That we should necessarily Be thinking about Nope nope I, I completely agree with you There as well Tom So
5: a 4-0 win Peter in the sunshine uh, Glasgow City next week Does clash with the men's game Through at Tynecastle. I mean It will lay down A wee bit of a marker If we can put in a performance Against Glasgow City But those aren't the games That we'll be necessarily Focusing on this year um, we, You know We want something Brian said We want something Against the big three
6: um, But in, Still in a sense Do you think it's still A bit of a free hit This year against those three? I think it's a free hit I think the pressure's off And I think we should play With a bit of freedom and a bit of belief and I think if we're going to take something off the top three it'll be here, Peter Sill. Yeah. Because I think um the pitch suits us and the, the surround suits us. And I think I think there's a chance. I think there's a definite chance. I think they'll know they've been in a game. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah, and you know, we might
5: we, we spoke about hearts maybe being that team last year or making things difficult for the top three. I think ourselves, hearts and hibs this year. We'll make we'll take points off of the the top
6: three, which will make the title race really really interesting. It's just an exciting thing to be part of. Yeah, I think it's it's a great time for the women's game in Scotland. I think it really is. Um, we'll see, but very interested to see the other scores today when they don't come out. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, listen, Tom, a wee word for the listeners of Draw, Lose or Draw, get along to Peter's Hill. Yeah, if you can't make it to Tain Castle next Sunday, I would come up here. If you're thinking about come here, just come here. Absolutely, yes we're, We were thoroughly entertained today Even yes. though
5: we were left with 10 players uh, For like you say 70 minutes of the game Very composed Great season to look forward to Absolutely oh, Brilliant Thank you very much for your time Tom Thank you the
2: Celtics the
5: the
1: Heather, we went to Peter's Hill yesterday and watched the part of this a women's team. I know Tom and Vinny, you've either just heard or you're just about to listen to their in-depth review of that match. But but how enjoyable an afternoon was that for you at, at Peter's Hill?
3: Well, I had superb company, Matt. So of course that was, uh, that, that was lovely. But no, I really enjoyed it. Um the the fa- I mean, the goals were great. Cara Henderson got a hat trick, the food was fantastic, and um yeah, and over, like and it was sunny. I think you got burned. So, I mean, what what more can you want on a Sunday afternoon in Glasgow? Uh, It was really really enjoyable. And uh, I got to see my friend Rachel Donaldson, who's uh, great. She's currently got uh, a bit of a rubbish knee, but hoping to be back soon. Though she was laughing about, uh, is she going to get back in the team? Because they played so well, even when they went down to 10. So, yeah, really enjoyable afternoon and uh, great to see them start off with a win.
1: It was, it was a very enjoyable afternoon indeed. Uh, we'll chat we'll a bit more about the burning later on. The food, definitely, we need to look into getting some of that food from Petersilm into the for Hills stalls. That was excellent and affordable. I just wanted to shout out a couple of players. Obviously, Cara Henderson for her hat-trick. That's our first, game as a, well, our first game this season is the number nine. She's, she played a few up front at the tail end of last season. Hat-trick in the opening day. And Jenna Ferguson, who came off the bench, we were talking about her coming on at centre-back. And how composed she, she was, and I didn't really know much about her. And after the game, I read she was only seventeen, and I couldn't believe it. She was brilliant when she came on. Um, any players you want to shout out to Heather before we move on?
3: I I totally agree. She was absolutely fantastic, and she just she looked like she'd played a lot of games already. And I'm gonna forget the name of the girl who's number ten, but had played twenty, like has played a hundred games already. What was was her? Oh. They they tweeted about her.
1: Yeah, Lucy Sinclair, that was the one. Yep, 150 minutes well, at the age of 20. Yep, she was brilliant.
3: Yeah. she just she won absolutely everything in the air, and she created both goals in the first half, and just was really busy. She, I, I actually said, I was like, she deserves the credit for those goals because she put that she did all the hard work and put them on the plate. And I'm sure Vinny and um, Tom will talk about it, but the sending off was was ridiculous. And uh, and just, yeah, it was absolutely bizarre. But I'm glad that didn't ruin the game for them.
1: Yep. You wouldn't have been able to tell if this were down to 10 men if you turned up half an hour in. But I do very much enjoy the idea of Brian Graham telling one of his players off for swearing at a referee. Yeah, that's a, a nice image. Earlier this week, Heather Holloway caught up with friend of the show and Hearts fan Laurie Nyer about the game on Sunday at Tynecastle. Our way up
4: in Gorgie and Pinecastle Park, there's a weep at
1: team that will lay make its mark They've won all the honors
0: for footballing arts and as ne ever did they compare with the
3: heart yes H-E-A, So I'm joined right now by a Hearts fan and one of my very good friends, Laurie Nair. And we are going to talk a little bit about the game on Sunday, how excited we are. Obviously, we've spoken on the podcast about how excited we are for the day out. But I think Laurie will be more excited about the football since her team is probably going to win. But uh, Laurie, it's great to have you on and uh, living our dream of doing a, a podcast together. You've been a Hearts fan your whole life. But let's talk about last season. How was last season as a Hearts fan?
0: Well, thank you for having me, Heather. And I'm, I'm sure I am going to give the same views as everyone else. Um, see, the thing about Hearts fans is they're never happy. Like we could have came third and we'd be moaning that we didn't do well enough in Europe or we didn't get a cup. So like last season was one of those ones that obviously we didn't do well for what we hoped for I think everything was going well until Rangers in February and we lost 3-0 and then it sort of derailed from there and obviously finishing third would have been so much better for the club financially but at least we didn't come fifth I think that's the resounding (laughs) at least we never came fifth
3: yeah I love that and um, in some ways that's quite a thistle mentality there (laughs) Um, which I quite enjoy over the last few years you have been blessed with a few really good seasons so it's it it can be hard when finishing top six doesn't really seem like a result and that is a that is a strange one the season so far you've had a 2-0 win against St Johnston and a 0-0 draw against Kelly which I listened to how would you summarize and obviously you've been in Europe as well how would you summarize your season so far? I think it is quite hard to say. Only being a couple of
0: games in. Um, I know that obviously some other teams played in the cup so far, so you've had more kind of to see your new signings and things like that. I would say that way win at St. Johnson was a big deal because before the game it was like, oh, we're going to get beat. We're going to get beat. We're not usually that good on the road. Um, so that is positive. The Killy game was maybe the most frustrating thing I've ever had to witness. It's they were just. Kelly this year are just so well organised, like you can tell already that they're they're not gonna be the same team where they were last year. I think it showed Hearts have such a lack of urgency and width sometimes. So I don't know if that's hopefully something they're gonna fix going into obviously Rosenberg on Thursday, hopefully, and then the game on Sunday.
3: So what are your hopes for this season? We've talked about not finishing fifth obviously last season, but I'm assuming progression in Europe. Being in the latter stages of a cup, what are you hoping for for Hearts?
0: I think, obviously, third place is non-negotiable. I think anyone who says any difference is lying. Cup would obviously be good. A final in a cup, obviously, silver will be the best possible outcome, but we need to be realistic here. I think, obviously, with a good draw, you can get to the finals, obviously, with Inverness doing it this year or just last season there. Europe, I think it was so nice to obviously be in the group stages last year because you do get a lot more games and the fans get to go all over the place, but it's harder for us to get there considering we finish fourth. Aberdeen have got it lucky. They've got a better chance to get more football and I think if we're in that position I'd be more optimistic about it, but just hoping and praying at this stage
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so going from that as you say silverware and a cup is probably some something that you really hope for this season and you're talking about a good draw was Thistle at home a good draw for you you can be honest here do not worry. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know what you mean but it is a pretty good
0: draw in terms of the football obviously not good because I don't want to see either team go out. But no, it's is, it is obviously positive being at home and it is a good draw in the sense that we've we've thankfully got somebody that's not in the same league as us. It's not, And I think it's quite nice not having somebody that you're going to play another three times.
3: Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know from my reaction when we found out we were coming, if we knew that we were going to get Premier League opposition, to get Hearts is probably one of our f- favourite places to yeah. I've said to you many times that Towncastle is one of my is probably my favorite ground to to go to. And I know we've joked about the M8 alliance that we've had <laughs> since, um, since um lockdown. But also, I mean Laurie, I'll out you here, but you I think you would say that Thistle, your second team almost you the playoffs with us and always enjoy a, a cinch Friday. So yeah, I think I I mean we were probably buzzing in a completely different way to you, in the sense of you're probably buzzing thinking lower league opposition a, a team that's not doing too well in the league so far, and you know, obviously coming off what happened in the playoffs, but and but we're thinking, oh, a great day out in Edinburgh, and um, and we get to, and um, you know, we get to be at Towncastle again, and we've sold out our allocation, which is amazing. Um, just finally, then going on to the game of sounding a little bit confident. So, what do you think? Well, I'll firstly ask you for a score prediction, but I'll also ask you to maybe highlight some players obviously maybe players that we know already maybe some of your new signings people for um us as Thistle fans to look out for
0: so my score prediction I actually did discuss this with my friends because I was like no, look I'm gonna have to be get get the consensus here so we do think it's gonna be two nils to hearts
3: we allow that I think okay if, fine. I, I think Rhys who's on this podcast I think he actually predicted a three nil to hearts so and, and he's a Thistle fan, so you are you are completely allowed to have that. I predicted a three-two win for Thistle, but that was just purely out of um, you know what I'm like, Laurie, ever the optimist.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think I don't think Hearts will run away with the game. I think that's kind of fair to say, even though we do have, and we'll go on to chat about sort of like players and signings and things like that. But I think we're still very much trying to figure out what the best possible team is, and I don't think. Thursday in Europe will be the night to do that. I think they'll go quite safe on Thursday, and then on Sunday maybe be like, okay, so what about them there and them there? Because there's we still have quite a lot of signings. We've not seen anything off.
3: Yeah, definitely. And do you think Thursday night will have will have any impact on the cup?
0: <sighs> it's hard to say. I do think we're better prepared this year in terms of squad depth than they were last year, um, and I don't know if it's just because we're slightly we're playing. Europe slightly earlier in the season that we don't have as many injuries that we had last year and um, I think i seen a tweet actually yesterday that said if you took into consideration Gordon Halkett and Barry Mackay who I actually think is supposed to be possibly coming back this weekend we do have another full start 11 that we actually would play it's not just sort of like rotational
3: players it's it's people that would would usually get game time oh my gosh, Laurie, what's that like?
0: <laughs> oh, well, it doesn't last very long, trust me. I remember last year feeling the same and then suddenly your squad gets decimated by about game week seven.
3: Yeah, uh-huh. or or just your squad's not as, uh, as, as shape-shape <laughs> as you'd like it. But um, is there any any like one or two players that you would suggest for Thistle fans to look out for and enjoy? I mean, I'm... Obviously, the rumour mill on Twitter is
0: going at the moment. So I'm not going to go with the obvious Shanklin because who knows what can happen in the next couple of days. But I do think if you were to kind of look outside the box, our new sign-ins are really kind of starting to show some glimpses of hope. Um, Vargas and Tagawa both came on or played on Sunday and they both had like, it's almost like you can tell that they're wanting to show what they have to offer So it's hard to judge them so far but they both have the pace which is something that Hearts really haven't had recently and then obviously Boyce has been reintroduced into the squad after coming back from injury so I don't think he's going to necessarily start on Sunday but I do think he'll definitely come on in the latter stages of the game and he's one of those players that can sort of have impact straight away which is obviously something to look that's good to look for
3: Yeah definitely, I think that they were saying that on the radio when I listened on Sunday, the fact that your bench really did change things and even though you didn't get the goal that you could there was glimpses and you could tell that there's quite a lot to come from this hearts team this year well thank you so much for joining us and this might not be your last one who knows maybe if we're in the Premier League next year or I don't know if you get relegated <laughs> <laughs> Look, we have to look at all angles both exactly. of these things could happen Exactly, Well, but thank you so much for coming on and being so open and honest with uh, your predictions and um, I look forward to seeing you on Sunday and hopefully, I mean we'll still be friends after it, <laughs> after it and I'll be hoping for a thistle win Well that's great, thank you so much Thank you so much for having me
1: This is my story
0: This is my song
1: We'll move on to talk about the Hearts League Cup game. It's the last 16 of the League Cup. We are travelling to Tank Castle on Sunday what sort of game are you expecting? Do you expect many changes for this one? Are you expecting us to sort of line up as I'd say as we did against Wraith if if McEnroy's back in? What are you expecting from the game? Obviously Hearts have got a, a European fixture on Thursday well as, as well, which is a factor.
2: Yeah, I'm not expecting wholesale changes or anything. I'm not expecting too many at all, really. I think that well, fingers crossed that he's fit. Um then I would be expecting Ken McEnroy to come back in probably in space uh, in place of James Lyon. I know he got his goal, but yeah, it's pretty pretty self-explanatory that McInroy would come back in, um, but apart from that, it's pretty much keeping things the same. I think it'll be a tough game. I don't think anyone's expecting anything too different. Obviously, they may have one eye on sort of European football. You never know that could go to the extra time. Could have a bit of tired legs. Hopefully, catch them cold. Um, but yeah, it'll be a good atmosphere. It'll be a good occasion. Like you say, it's the old the old saying that you don't often like hearing that. It is a free hit because ultimately. We, we we barely got we, we won a group but we, let's face it we barely got through the the group stages I mean we it took us a, a late penalty to get through and obviously we had draws against Falkirk and Peterhead but here we are it's a bit of a payday for the club financially we're a weighty hearts it's a good away day for everyone uh, the old m Alliance yeah it good be, be a good, good uh, occasion I know a lot of people are looking forward to it so yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, and fingers crossed, we could we could go there and do something, and it would be it'd one to remember. But yeah, it'd be a tough game for us. I don't expect much else. I think it could be not great for sort of a confidence, but let's hope we just give a good account of ourselves.
1: Heather, I hope you've still got your "We will never forget" flag handy to take up the Emmy on on Sunday. Will it be making an appearance?
3: We should make a badge as well, shouldn't we? Since we should. that, since that is the we are in our badge era at the moment, so we should just be... The the MA Alliance should be going strong there. I mean, I can't... I, we really need to secure the interview with the person who carries that flag on on Sunday. That should be job number one.
1: Reese, predicted, you correctly predicted a 2-1 win for Airdrie on Saturday and you've closed the gap to one at the top of the league. I picked up a point as well, predicting one now. Do you want to kick us off for a prediction for Hearts on Sunday? Um,
2: I'm going to it's been, a, it's been a tough start in the predictions table, I'll tell you that and I'm going to predict another thistle defeat this time I'm going to say 3-0 Hearts it might actually not be here come the weekend but um, if the rumours are to be true but I think I'll say a Lord and Shanklin double and a 3-0 Hearts one Heather a prediction from you
3: I think it's going to be a tough I think it is going to be a tough day at the office I listened to the Hearts game on Sunday they were playing Kelly, it was a nil-nil draw. Kelly actually sounded like on BBC Sports and that they were that Kelly were the better team or had the more chances. But when you just look when you look at hearts on paper, um they they are they've they've got so much going forward, you know, the boys is fantastic, they've got some great new signings. Frankie Kent, my friend who's a Hearts fan, has been saying just he wins absolutely everything in the air and that just sounds like we've got no chance at all. But of course, we'll be backing a Thistle win and we'll go for the opposite of what happened at Ibrox and I'm going to go for a 3-2 Thistle win at Tynecastle.
1: Wow, wow. Are you going to commit to any goal scorers?
3: Are you going to laugh at me when I commit to a goal scorer?
1: It depends what goal scorers you
3: choose. No, uh, let's see, Ben Stanway is going to score because he's going to get a start, maybe. And um, oh, Brian Graham will turn up and well, Siri Williams can get on the team sheet too, maybe on both sides.
1: I would like that. Uh, I'm not going to be as optimistic as you, Heather. I'm going to join Reese predicting a defeat. Not as heavy a defeat as Reese. I think Hearts might be a little bit tired after their European exploits on Thursday night. I'm going to go 2-1. I think we'll get in the score sheet. I think it'll be a, a quite a tight game. We do normally historically turn up performance-wise in the Cup games against the bigger teams. Maybe not results-wise. Maybe we are due a, a, a Cup shock against a, a team above us in the league, but I just can't see it at the moment at this stage of the season. I'll go 2-1 Hearts.
4: i say for a prediction for the Hearts game, it's a funny one because... I feel they can go either one of two ways, whether they go there and we get absolutely torn apart. Or it's, I'd say in classic Thistle style, you're on a bad run and you go to a tough away game in the cup and put on a good performance. It's a tight game, but you just miss out. So I'm going to go with the second option and say we lose
1: 3-2. We will move on and we will finish with Partridge Thistle. Now, on Sunday, I was meant to be playing golf for my father-in-law made a decision based on the weather forecast that I was not going to do that. I was going to go to Peters Hill and watch the, the women's game instead. Uh, th- this is not a slight on my father-in-law. He's a great guy. He came to Airdrie away on Saturday. That was his first away game. Uh, he said he had a great time. So, you know, <laughs> good liar as well. Um, but I ended up with a sunburn at Peters Hill after calling off a golf day because of suspected rain and thunderstorms. So the part of social question this week is, when have you had to explain yourself? Heather, do you want to go for it?
3: Yeah, of course. Um, when I've had to explain myself, the one I thought of was when I was in primary six, we were on activities week. So like we went away from our and stayed away from our families for a week and the fire alarm went off at six o'clock in the morning. And we all were like really shocked by it and everything or we down like in our pajamas. People didn't have shoes on going over rocks. It was, you know, quite an emotional experience. And it turns out and, you know, it could, and then, um, our head teacher was like, oh, and it came from this room. And it was the room that myself and two of my friends were in. And uh, we had to explain ourselves because we'd had like a deodorant fight and didn't really realize that, that would set off the fire alarm. So that was probably like one of the ones I remember having to, you know, like, having to like explain that in front of like your head teacher all your teachers and your whole year group that you were that you were doing that six o'clock in the morning yeah not 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 a great one it's also a great now I am a teacher of primary six it's something that I can use it's like the classic like I know someone who's split their heads open on um when they've you know swung on their chair and fallen over it's one of those ones you can use so yeah
1: Reese, I know Jamie wanted an alternative partage Thistle question this week, but do you have do you have any answer to this one before we move on to to Jamie's question?
2: Well, I've I've got something along the same lines. It's not explaining myself, so to speak, but I've been I've been in explanation talks for the past couple of weeks, about a week or two, trying to explain something to my girlfriend, right? And at, at the the risk of almost mansplaining, but it's a to do with a kit clash, so. We were out for dinner a couple of weeks ago when the Arbroath-Dundee United game was on and I just when, uh, I flicked the game on my phone on BBC iPlayer and the first thing that I said was that's a kit clash. Like why, why are Dundee United wearing a green kit and Arbroath are wearing their home kit obviously? And it's not, see to, see to be honest right, I'm a bit colourblind, I don't know on the Richter scale of colourblind, I'm not that bad but certain colours. So I was like oh that's a kit clash and she's like how is that a kit clash? So I had to go through the whole rigmarole of explaining what a kit clash was. And she's going, well, it's not a kit clash because they're not the same colour. So I've i, I I'm still been fighting my case to this day because she keeps bringing it up. And she's like mentioning it to my pals. Whenever we see our pals, she's like, oh, he's saying this is a kit clash. And I'm having to fight my case. And honestly, see, see the, the, the amount of grief that this kit clash has given me? So I, that's one time that I'm still fighting my case to this day, that I'm still trying to explain myself that something's <laughs> a clash. Um, I had to pull up wanted to or type in the word kit clash show that people were talking about it the exact same game and stuff as well but honestly she's not having it at all and she's still giving me grief to it for this day, till this day
1: There's plenty of good Twitter accounts dedicated to, to kit clashes I think even uh, this podcast David Forrest was, was on the case of uh, I can't remember what team on match of the day for for a bad kick clash. I think it might have been Man City at Burnley, actually. But, yeah, that is a, a hot topic. Jamie, you requested your own partridge thistle question this week. So we have a backup, uh, and it's courtesy of Heather. So we're going to come back to Heather for her answer as well. What should you be able to do but can't? My answer for the, when you had to explain yourself, was I think it was
4: primary or we went on a trip to the Falker Wheel. It was a really exciting trip. Everyone couldn't wait, obviously, and um, when we were on it, me and my friends like almost like an air tennis with like an empty Iron Brew can, and then we ended up like throwing out the window somehow, like into the actual pocket wheel stream when we were on like, the boat thing going around. One of the security people came in and was like, "Someone's throwing an Iron Brew can out the window. You're going to own up now, or we're going to check the CCTV." And uh, we ended up having to explain to the teacher how it happened, but they didn't believe us, and they said they checked the CCTV. And- I think they're just making this up this isn't what happened. They said that we had looked it out of the window deliberately, and that was what reminded me of them. the thing that I can't do for the other question. I don't know why, but I cannot sit with my legs crossed. I just can't do it. it it's, honestly, it sounds ridiculous, but if you see me attempting to do it, you, you'll understand what I mean. I, my legs just won't do it.
1: Like physically or like mentally, you can't do it? Like, can you not f-
4: <laughs> Physically, I can't physically do it. I used to do it when I was a little kid, obviously, because you had to like sit in school assemblies with your legs. In a basket, as they call it. I just can't do it. Like, it's so uncomfortable trying to do it, and I can't, I can't get it like to look normal. Even when I try to do it, it's just, it's painful, and it looks stupid. So I just avoid
1: doing it at all costs. Well, I was already looking forward to the next pod night out for the the return of Scouse Jamie, who sadly, um, not made an appearance in the podcast this season, despite pleas from all panels. I'm now very much looking forward to six pints and you trying to cross your legs. Uh, that will be <laughs> incredible content. Uh, Heather thank you for this question what should you be able to do but can't?
3: I can't ride a bike (laughs) and that's just it I've never I never learned to cycle when I was younger and it's something that haunts me to this day uh, that people just think it's the most hilarious silly thing about me though my friends recent one of my best friends recently was um, she went and told lots of people that I couldn't swim because and then and then when i questioned her she's like we said something and then oh no heather can't come she can't swim i was like what do you mean and she was like oh sorry i just got confused about which like normal thing like what which normal thing you can't do so yeah so i just in case anyone's heard the rumor i definitely can swim but yeah i i don't i don't own a bike and there's no cycling going on here
1: reese do you want to come in before before we wrap up anything <laughs> ends off i'll give
2: you a I, I can't do the blur. I've not got it in my locker.
1: I've not got that XP <laughs> yet. I round us off then. I yesterday I've reached the 365 day landmark in Duolingo, and I, I still cannot speak German. What I this I'm sure I've mentioned this in the pod before, but whatever they did to that app about eight or nine months ago was one of the biggest disgraces of of the modern era, and. Uh, me and my fellow duolingoers were still seeking justice for what they did, and we will get it at some point. But no, I've been doing that for a year. What, still what can't changes, speak they basically changed like the, the learning path. So you used to be able to like pick your, pick what subject you wanted to learn about. Now it's just this like one chain of things that didn't really take into account what you'd already learned. And it's just like basically completely random and meaningless sentences. I mean, most of it was like meaningless anyway, but at least there was some sort of structure to it. Oh, today you're doing restaurants today or doing shopping now it's just like a big line of stuff that's all sort of mixed and you can't choose to skip any without doing it all it's crap you used to be able to do it yeah want. I,
4: i've got it i've got it but i've only had it for like four months so i, I used to be
1: the golden I so you see how it used to be a path they used to be like in like square shapes so you could basically do what you wanted and nothing was locked if i remember correctly yeah, that was a disgrace. This is another thing that we should probably take off air to our, our hopefully uh, upcoming sister podcast where we'll talk about Duolingo, uh, Charles Ingram, Trisps, things of that nature. But if you've made it this far into the podcast, again, thank you.
3: I can't believe we didn't speak about speed.
1: Oh, what an ejection, man. I've never seen him so angry as he was last night. Uh, dis- <laughs> disappointing to have to wake up at seven. I only watched the front line. Woke up this morning at seven. Dropped my work laptop down. reheated a Chinese. Got got settled in, and he's hooking drives into the water and chunking irons out to fuck knows where. It was, a, it was tough because was putting well yesterday as well. Anyway, David's definitely not listening to this, so that won't go in. But uh, I, that was that was <laughs> tough to see.
3: Yeah, it was gutting. Not 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 a good day at the office.
1: No. Anyway, we, look, the Masters next year is the one he's going to win it by six. I said I mentioned earlier we are we have badges available. We have. Get got rid of, thankfully, about half of the badges, which is very impressive over a weekend where we played away from home. And a women's fixture, we've yet to sell them at, uh, not sell them, they're free. Give them away at For Hill. We'll be giving them away again at Tyne Castle on Sunday we'll also send them out to you if you want one, so if you want one sent out you get in touch, they'll be available at 10 Castle and if there's any left they'll be available at Fur Hill the following week but in the meantime, thank you for listening and stay safe, we will be back next week to look back on the Hearts tie and to preview Queen's Park at home.